you're about to get an insider's view of the automotive blogosphere. This is AutoLine. New media is changing the way that the automotive industry gets covered. It used to be that you'd read some things in the newspapers or hear it on the radio or see it on TV and get a magazine every month, but that's just so 20th century. Today we get instantaneous coverage from the internet and it runs constantly, 24-7 on a global basis. It's completely changing the rules of the game of how the automakers deal with the media. To get an insider's view of what's going on, my guests today include three automotive bloggers. John Neff is the editor of Autoblog.com. Chris Pockert is also with Autoblog.com. And Mike DeShane is with CarAndDriver.com. I'll be talking to them about how blogging is affecting traditional media, how the car companies treat them compared to the traditional enthusiast magazines, and I'm wondering whether or not these guys are holed up in a basement all day long just pounding out whatever info they can get their hands on. We'll hear what they have to say in just a minute because we'll be back right after this. Visit our website for even more great content all week long. Autoline Extra, John's Journal, podcasts, and even more. So click over and get the inside view at autolinedetroit.tv. From our studios in the Motor City, this is AutoLine. Here now is John McElroy. Welcome to our discussion all about new media right now with three journalists joining me today, starting with John Neff, the editor of Autoblog. Great to have you here. Thanks. Uh, Chris Pockert from, actually, when we first started to set the show up, he was with Winding Road, but now you're going to Autoblog, too. Indeed I am. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to have you here, too. And Mike DeShane from CarAndDriver.com. Great having you here, too. John, let me start with you. I mean, we're talking all about new media. What's different about how you guys approach a blog versus how traditional media, let's say the enthusiast automotive press, approaches it? Um, well, there's certainly an element of speed. Um, you know, a blog like Autoblog is updated, you know, 20, 25 times a day with uh, new information, new news and posts. Um, so we're definitely up to the minute. Um, with, with the content we provide readers. Uh, whereas traditional media, you have um, a weekly or monthly delivery of a magazine, which you know, has, its, um, has that joy of getting that magazine in the mail. That's great. And, and we try to reproduce that almost on an hourly or half-hourly basis of, of getting news in your computer. And uh, Chris, you've got an interesting background because you know Winding Road was sort of a traditional magazine approach mm -hmm. to going online. Now, now you're going to be a pure blogista here. You know, how, how do you see the difference between traditional media and the new media? Well, I think on the internet, uh, what a fundamental difference is is that everybody, to some extent, plays nice with each other because we all link in. Um, and if Autoblog does well, uh, and they give a lot of traffic to Winding Road by linking in our car and driver. Um, it's enough water to float all boats. Whereas if you're on the newsstand and you've got uh, you know, a magazine in your hands, you have a world of one. Um, so we can leverage the strength of other blogs uh, yeah. and other, other online sources. And that's the point I want to come back to, too. And, and Mike, how do you see it? I mean, you're, you're with CarAndDriver.com, so obviously we've got the, the traditional print magazine that comes out every month, but, but you're doing the, the website of it. 
There are two big differences, uh, two, two high-level differences between the kind of things that Car and Driver can do in a magazine and the kinds of things that we do online. Uh, one is, is the issue of speed. We constantly have to balance uh, how in-depth we want our coverage to be versus how quickly we want to have it. Now, in many cases, embargoed information allows us to have first information in a timely fashion. But when things happen in real time, we constantly have to balance, are we going to uh, give the story background? Are we going to give, uh, do some more analysis? Or are we going to try and get it up immediately? The other big difference uh, is one of tone. Um, who is the audience uh, to whom we're speaking online? And the online audience is much bigger and it's much less narrowly focused on just car enthusiasts. It's everyone from car shoppers to the audience I call the water cooler guys who are casually interested in cars. They're not necessarily the hardcore people who buy the magazine. John, let's get to this point that uh, Chris just raised. You guys do link to all other kinds of websites, all other kinds of uh, news sources. You know, I, I worked for Road and Track magazine many moons ago. And boy, we always looked at car and driver or motor trend. They were the enemy. I mean, the only thing that we would do with them is maybe lob grenades at them. What's the whole idea of linking to these other news sources? You're, you're driving your audience to somebody else. Um, well, we don't really look at it that way. Um, uh, the way I kind of look at it is I have a staff of, let's say, a dozen bloggers, and we can only cover so much. Um, there's a lot of other blogs out there that may have a more direct focus or niche focus on a particular brand uh, or make. And we rely on all of these other blogs to kind of find news uh, for us to supplement what we do. Um, so if they find a particularly juicy piece of info on, on the car that they cover, uh, we're more than happy to link to them um, and show uh, what they've done to our readers. Uh, and as Chris said, it, it, it raises all boats. Um, the more in incoming and outgoing links you have for your website, the healthier you are. Um, and, and it kind of spreads the traffic love across the, the whole internet. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, the, the tone among competitors is really different than one might expect. We talk to each other all the time, uh, and we're in constant communication. And there's certainly um, a, a degree of competition where we want to be first or we want to have better quality than everyone else. But at the same time, um, it's not good for us if everyone stays on their own little island. Mike, how do you guys handle it? Do, on the, at carandriver.com, will you do the same sort of thing, link to... It took us a little while to come around to that because a car magazine has to be all things to all car enthusiasts. But we now realize that there are certain things that we do really well and there are certain things that other publications maybe do better or with more of a specific focus. And so uh, our visitors are going to find the best place to find uh, any information they're looking for. And so we focus on what we're really good at. And when there's something that someone else has that's interesting, we'll link to that. Mm -hmm. Even if it's car and, or not car and driver, but uh, road and track or motor trend or really direct competitors to you? Um, less frequently, but we even do do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. What kind of a dynamic do you think this uh, creates, Chris, when uh, in the blogosphere where you are linking to others and as John says, being in contact with your sure. competition all the time? Well, too. I think it, it, it's kind of fun. I mean, it's a collegial atmosphere where um, you know, I, I hope that everybody is doing well, and I think it's one of those things where it's almost like um, the situation that we're dealing with uh, with the automakers, um, and you look at having a similar supplier base, um, and everybody sort of, uh, you know, the readers are our supplier base, and if they have a great supplier base and they're strong, um, then we can be strong too, or, or you guys as well. Um, it's 
It's a different sort of focus, um, and it's not that lobbing grenade sort of uh, vibe that, that um, maybe it was back at, you know, car and driver versus road and tracker or what have you. Yeah. John, uh, Autoblog's got tremendous amount of viewership. I mean, you, you really threaten, in, if you will, the, the traditional print monthly magazines. And yet I got to believe the car companies still treat you guys as sort of like a, a, stack, a, a, a stepchild, if you will. Not, you're not on the A-lists typically for the invites or that. How do you deal with that? It's got to kind of burn you up in a way. Well, uh, it gets better every day. Let's, <laughs> let's put it that way. Um, you know, a year ago, yes, we would have to, to beg to review vehicles, to um, go on events for first drives for cars. Uh, but in the last year, uh, it has gotten a lot better. A lot of um, automakers who wouldn't speak with us a year ago, um, we're now getting calls from. Um, so I kind of see that, you know, we're in this transition where automakers, too, have to kind of re-educate themselves to a new media. Um, and fortunately, we're in a good position where we can kind of help them along with that uh, and show them that if you do invite us in, uh, we're not going to uh, <laughs> realize your worst fears and, and burn you uh, on our own whim. You know, we're, we're as professional, um, we like to think, as, as any other media, and, and we work really hard um, to put that impression out. Um, and we try to, you know, play by a good set of ethical rules and, and all of that. You know, the internet is the Wild West, so not every blog and not every website tries to act like that. Um, so it's kind of our job to, to put ourselves out there as an example of, you know, come on in, you don't have to be afraid of the internet. Um, you know, we can, we can help you um, and reach potential car buyers, enthusiasts, um, as well as uh, traditional print media. Have you run into the same sort of situation of it's, it's not a, being it's quite been a, treated the same? Yeah, it's been a little bit different at Winding Road because we have had a lot of established print journalists uh, work for us. Obviously, David E. Davis Jr., um, who was my mentor and uh, really made Winding Road what it has been to this point. Uh, William Jeans and a lot of guys that are really well respected within the print world that opened up a lot of doors for what we do. So it's a little bit of a different situation. They broke the ice for you. Absolutely. From the, the traditional Absolutely. Side and, and because of our uh, monthly delivery format of, a, of a, what the equivalent of a print magazine is that happens to be online with page turning and all of that, it's, it's just a different sort of feel. Now we do have a daily news site, um, Next Autos, uh, that's that's obviously branded a little bit differently, and we have run into some of the same issues. But I think um, familiarity uh, with the players within the auto industry, once they get to know who we are and they see us on a personal basis, they invite us to a launch or we go to a background or something like that, and you have those one-on-one -on -one conversations, they then understand that you are not a child in your mother's basement. <laughs> but that's got to be part of their problem. That Absolutely. Is the car companies is that anybody can do a blog. I mean, there's been an explosion mm -hmm. of automotive blogs and now Very they've true. got to sort of cut through the wheat and the chaff here and figure sure. out and, who's and really good. When you get to the point where um, you actually have a good relationship with, with specific people from automakers, um, they'll actually come to you and say, you know, who's actually real out there? We, we understand that you guys are a legitimate professional operation, but yeah. you know, what about this website or what about those guys? And, and that's actually pretty useful. And since uh, we all crosstalk quite a bit, um, we have an understanding of, of what is actually going on at other websites and maybe can share a little bit more uh, about that. Um, I, I, I just think it, it's a really, uh, really wonderful atmosphere um, where we hope that everybody does well. How, how do you work that at Car and Driver? Because I, I'm sure, you know, Car and Driver's on every A-list, but... Uh, 
Well, we, where, where's the church and state, state separation between the magazine and, and the website? There isn't really any. We are all in the same office and we work together. And, and what we've seen is that ultimately it's really about the audience um, it, for us and for the car makers. Um, and so as we've looked at what the audience looks for in a print magazine and online, the automakers, uh, in terms of giving us information or supplying us with vehicles to evaluate, they realize the same thing. We have an audience online that needs news right away. It's car shoppers who need information, and so they get us the right information and the right cars to do that. And the magazine is a little more in-depth. It's about um, technical testing of vehicles and in-depth analysis. And likewise, they need information and vehicles uh, to accomplish those goals. Do you have some sort of uh, guidelines as to when you go, we better save this for the magazine, or hey, we got to, I mean, Doing the online thing is pretty obvious, I would think. You know, the immediacy of something, boom, get it online. But there must be some sort of guidelines as let's not give everything away online. Uh, our guideline is if it's something that someone else potentially is going to do online, we're going to do it online. The only thing I'd say that we really save for the magazine is the in-depth analysis or stuff that only we could do uh, and that we don't have to worry about someone else scooping us because it's pretty obvious that if some website is going to scoop Car and Driver magazine, it better be our own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and to your point, uh, in road tests, for example, you know, if, if you do some comparison of cars that are really hot right now, yeah. i.e. hot yeah. in the sense that people really want to read about it, do you go, let's save this for the magazine and make sure they really go to the print publication? How, in that specific situation, uh, we do. What we typically do is if we don't think that another site, like say Edmunds or uh, even some of the blogs are starting to do comparison tests now, if we don't think that they're going to beat us with a comparison test, we'll usually run online just road tests of the specific vehicles and then save the actual comparison for print and launch that uh, on the website at the same time the magazine hits newsstands. And that way we're giving our readers what they want, which is a look at those cars really early, but we're saving something for the magazine readers as well. Mm -hmm. Chris, I imagine uh, the blogosphere has really changed the whole concept of embargoes too. I Absolutely. Mean, it, it can't be easy for the car companies these days to invite a bunch of journalists to an event and say, now you can't write anything about this for three or four weeks from now. Right. Um, and I think there's the you know assumption that when embargoes break, it's usually because of a, a of a blog, um, and that's sort of an unfortunate thing that I think we've all had to to work against. Um, and leaks come from everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, leaks come from a brochure at a dealership that got out early that's being scanned onto the internet and ends up at a website in Malaysia. Um, leaks come from a disgruntled employer or or something in a well, factory just, somewhere. Just the very nature of the internet produces leaks. Uh, a great example is Honda. Honda has always done media programs where they invite journalists to preview their vehicles and these are in these are on public roads mm -hmm. and they're based at you know at hotels and before the internet there's a reasonable expectation that you know they could do that and two months later no one really would have seen the car well now Honda does those events and that same day people take pictures they resell them through Brenda Pretty and company and they're all over the internet, and that's no one's fault. That's just a reality. That's reality of, yeah, that's right. a reality of how media works. And so, the car companies have to rethink how they disseminate information to to match that reality. How, what would what advice would you give the car companies to to Mike's point here? Um, well, it's it's a, as you said, it's a reality you have to deal with. I, I used to be um, of the mind that there should be no embargoes, and when you're ready to release, that's when you you start passing things out. 
Uh, but well, actually, that certainly serves blogs. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, truthfully, though, in the last year, um, you know, there's a lot of overlap between blogs and, and uh, us learning from magazines. So we've come to almost appreciate an embargo and having four weeks. So that everybody goes at once. So everybody goes at once, and we actually uh, take more time. We actually produce our posts now if we're doing like a first drive or something. Uh, we focus more on photography and, and the in-depth analysis. Um, and we're kind of learning that from the magazines, like, wow, if we have three weeks to write this, look what we can do. Mm -hmm. So in the last year, because of that, I think, you know, the quality of photography and writing on Autoblog has actually gone up um, because we do have a little bit of cushion to, to really work at it and put our best effort into it. Um, and, and that wasn't the case a year ago. So now, I, you know, I, it's an embargo is kind of a necessary evil, um, and it has to be there. Will work with automakers if there's a leak, depending on how big the leak is. Right. If it is a website in Malaysia, we're not going to necessarily say, OK, it's out everywhere. Mm -hmm. But you know, once it's on a comparably, uh, comparable size site, yeah. then, you know, then everybody has to go and the dam breaks. Well, you know, as everyone's talking about, you know, I'm not going to be the first to but break it, but I'm not going to be the third. Right, third. exactly yeah. right. So uh, what would you tell automakers how, how to deal with this? Well, I think John's point is a really interesting one. and it. Higher production values, I think, are, are where the blogs are going to some extent. Um, and, and as we work on having relationships with automakers directly, um, that's sort of an inevitable outcome of that. And it, it really benefits the reader. Uh, I do think um, that when print publications that are on that monthly cycle, Winding Road included, um, when there's that embargo structure and you also have a website like we have and like you guys have, um, the print publications really get it both ways. I mean, they get the advantage of, okay, we've got this early access to something, we have time to build the story, but we can actually react and post right away and, uh, you know, break the embargo or uh, we can react to an embargo break right away. So it's, it's really, I think, um, to Prince advantage the way that things are right now. Yeah, I, and I'm surprised because you, you and I have talked about this in the past, and mm -hmm. I'm still for no embargoes. Just mm -hmm. get rid of them all. I, that, that's how I, I am look too, at actually. It. Uh, I, I've gotten to the point now where I just I don't care that much. I've realized that yeah, it's really important um, for certain pubs to be absolutely the first to have something. But we've now gotten to the point where we realize that even if we get information that's not embargoed, we're not going to scramble to have a story up in an hour because we can't do it justice. Um, we've tried to do that. And there are, you know, there are plenty of places where someone can get that information. Someone can go to a blog and see the whole press release posted. That's not what uh, an editorial enterprise like Car and Driver does. We do more analysis and so on. So it might take us a day to get something up. And our readers are OK with that because mm -hmm. they come to us for a little bit something different. They, they want the car and driver twist to it No, all. that's it. I appreciate the embargo because that allows everyone to do something that's higher quality. Mm -hmm. um, it, uh, the notion of reporting to something in real time, it, it gets to be just like TV. And at that point, why bother with the printed word mm -hmm. if it's just going to be inane sound bites that take five seconds to produce? Right, right. Well, and it used to be the case that I think a lot of blogs in the past thought if you were the first then you'll have the, the biggest impact, you'll get the most traffic. Yeah. You'll wind up uh, number one on the Google search for that term. But in reality, um, you know, the all-important Google search, and, and it doesn't work quite that way. Yes, you want to be early, and you want to get the impact from that, but really the quality of the content is, is as important. And, and the, the better your, your story, your piece, uh, the higher you're going to be on Google. It's not just speed. It's also the quality of the content, and, and the best content rises to the top. Uh, on Google, and, and we've kind of learned that it's worked that way and, and really slowed our practice down in response. Um, so yes, we may not be the first. Some small uh, blog might beat us. But if we take an hour or two, 
do a little background research and make sure we have uh, all of our T's crossed and our I's dotted, um, it pays off in the end, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris, talk a little bit about how you work, because I think most people's vision of people online is that they're holed up in a basement, they never come up for light or anything, and they're just pounding away, just trying to get stuff on all the time. I, I don't think it's quite that bad, but I'm sure you don't work a traditional nine-to-five office job. Um, well, actually, at Winding Road, it is fairly traditional in the nine-to-five office sense. Um, of course, when I go home, you know, I'm still on the computer and doing more work, um, like I'm sure many Americans do with their respective workplaces. Um, blogs are a little bit different because you really have to try and uh, have somebody in every time zone if you possibly can or somebody that's going to be at least in front of the computer when news breaks. Um, weekends aren't respected in the traditional uh, cycle and uh, one thing that's really different about the internet uh, versus print is you never know what's going to be a story. Um, because you know YouTube exists and because eBay exists, uh, you know, a, a, a Hummer on, on eBay that's in golf livery could be a huge traffic generator. I mean, you have no idea, and that's something that would simply never even occur to road and track or car and driver, understandably. Right. Uh, I mean, it's not really news in the traditional sense, but it is to a lot of people that find it interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and Mike, uh, how do you work? CarandDriver.com definitely has uh, different office hours uh, to the print magazine. Um, we, we all have Blackberries and we all have laptops with VPN connections and so uh, there's someone in the office every day from before 9 usually to 8 p.m. And on weekends, there's someone who's you know, in touch with things and checking things all the time. Because although we may not respond to every Gulf livery Hummer on, on eBay, Understandably. Um, <laughs> we, we do generally try to respond very quickly to things that we do think are important for our audience. And, and everyone gets that. Everyone who works on a website understands that you know, the concept of a nine to five um, job and, you know, and, and, and punching a clock isn't, isn't necessarily conducive to what our visitors want. Less than a minute, what's your answer? Uh, I am the prototypical blogger. I, work, <laughs> I do not work in my parents' basement. I have my own home and I'm married. Uh, but I do have my own home office and I basically roll out of bed and in front of the computer. Um, and you know, it, it really um, works well for the blogging um, because I, even if I'm never really away from the computer, um, I, can, I can step away, and we have a team of a dozen people who are always in front of the computer. So everything's covered all the time, uh, and we're all doing it kind of in the comfort of our own home, but, but we take it very seriously at the same time. So, Got to wrap it up. Thanks, you guys, for coming in and talking all about uh, the new media and how it's changing the old media. Visit our website for even more great content all week long. Autoline Extra. John's Journal, podcasts, and even more. So click over and get the inside view at AutolineDetroit.tv. If you like today's discussion, remember, you can always get more automotive info at our website, AutolineDaily.com. We do a five-minute webcast Monday through Friday that covers the latest news in the global automotive industry. And you can sign up to get our daily newsletter so you can keep track of when each new show gets posted. Well, that wraps it up for today's show. For all of us here at AutoLine Detroit, thanks for tuning in.